thank you for joining us for this next year turnaround restructuring and insolvency podcast series. We'll be exploring global issues that affect the world economy. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a selection of experts from around the world in firms that are all part of the Nexia International Network, and all of whom are leaders in turnaround, restructuring and insolvency. Nexia International is a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. All of the experts appearing on this show can be contacted via the Nexia International website. Thank you. We are currently facing shortages as a result of breakdowns in the global supply chain. But why is this happening? What can businesses realistically do about it? Hoping to flush out the answers to these questions, I'm delighted to be here with Joe Soccadato, who's a CPA based in New York. He's Managing Director of Transactions, Turnaround Advisory, Restructuring and Dispute Resolution for the US firm Cone Resnick. He also has the advantage of a strong commercial background, having been Global Chief Financial Officer for two different businesses. So, Joe, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So, tell me, this whole business and all these shortages, why is this happening? I think you could you could start off by saying that you know COVID really was the catalyst uh, for this breakdown in in the global supply chains. I mean, what happened was you had factories and ports in China that were literally shut down for extended periods of time, in and and that just caused havoc because what ends up happening is when they when when they opened back up, there was a tremendous amount of orders that flowed through. So they increased their production. And then, so you have all this additional product coming because you had all this demand that was just sitting there that wasn't being filled. So then all of a sudden they start producing a tremendous amount of product. It arrives on the ships and then it became kind of a a snowball effect because what ended up happening is our ports couldn't handle these tremendous this large amount of product that they never had previously so and of course as you know bad timing seems to always happen uh when you when you don't need it we had a in in the states we had a tremendous lack of warehousing people and also truckers and oh yes we had those in the uk as well (laughs) i'm signing my children up to become truckers immediately because the salaries have gone up so and true and and and, well it's (laughs) In the state, it's over $100,000 a year. So think about it. You can be a trucker and make over $100,000 a year. But there were so many that just retired, and that was the problem. And there wasn't just a generation of people um, under those that retired that were ready to take up the spots. And and there was over a half a million openings for warehousing. So And, and to the wow. point that like the Targets and the Walmarts are offering free college, literally free college yes. tuition for those, yeah, for those people that will come. So... You know, so it ended up becoming, you know, a a real snowball effect where you had COVID was the catalyst. And then when the when when all the goods start pumping in, you 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 realize, wow, we don't even have the people Mm -hmm. here to take the goods off the to take the containers off and then to take the product out of the containers and to move it to its uh, end end destination. So it really um, it just became just an incredible crisis that that still is occurring right now and, and will for the for the near future. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we're, it's, we are seeing it everywhere. I mean, you're in the US, in New York, I'm here in sort of an hour outside London and we're, we're all seeing it, I think. But there, yeah. is it just COVID, though, that caused this sort of backlog? Or do you think there's other causes to this as well, sort of more underlying ones? Well, yeah, you know, as I said, it, it was it was COVID was the catalyst, but it really was the fact that we just couldn't handle from our ports here in the States, because think of it this way. 40% of our goods are going through two ports, Long Beach and LA in California. And they're not very efficient, these ports. Uh, they're just not. They, they haven't been upgraded in, in a long period of time. And, and as a result, you know, when you have an inefficient port, when you have too many products and you don't have the people to handle those products, it just, it just becomes this, this, you know, perfect storm. Um, so yeah, COVID was a big part of it. You know, the factory shutting down, yeah. the ports in China shutting down, but it was a part of it. Then it, then it became, you know, a state side where we just didn't have the, the, the people to, um, to really get the product and we didn't have the efficient ports to, to, to have the product flow through. So it was, uh, it was a variety of factors involved. But I've had said to me by other people as well that perhaps it, there's um, an over-dependence on China um, and the growing population worldwide has also contributed to this issue. Do you think those that's true? Would you accept that? I would absolutely agree with that, uh, at least the first part. Uh, the overpopulation, we, we, we could talk about a little bit later, but I, I think that that could be managed through. Um because we were able to do it with, you know, before COVID, <laughs> you know, it was the population yeah. was, was pretty high at that point and, and it doesn't, there wasn't a big problem. But let, let's, let's briefly discuss uh, what you mentioned about the over-reliance on China. There, there is, it, it's, to me, it's very, it, it's frightening how much we, we, we rely on China when it comes to our, our most everyday products that you could think of. Um, and there is an over-reliance. Um, and, there is a shift to move to Vietnam and, and maybe some other areas, but then there's some challenges in, in those other areas that they don't necessarily have the components that, that, that China has. But um, it is a significant risk to every company that's sourcing uh, the majority of their goods to China uh, from China. Um, it, it's, there's an absolute risk to their business model if that's the case. This is a warning shot, in my opinion, um, that companies that are really looking to plan out in the future need to plan alternatives away from China. Um, and, and, and I'll explain why. It's not just the fact that, you know, it's just smart business to say, hey, listen, I have to diversify. Yeah. But there are, there are some major geopolitical issues that are, gonna, are going to come to a head in the near future or even in the not so near future, but close enough that you, have, you should start planning now. Because, you know, the United States and China on many, many levels are, are disagreeing. And when they start disagreeing about, let's just say, bigger issues than supply chain, supply chain is going to be on the pay no mind list. And it's going to be potentially just, you know, an offshoot, just kind of like a rounding error. Well, that little rounding error is critical to so many parts of everyday life for businesses and for consumers. Yeah. Um, so... It's not just because this showed that, look, I'm relying too much on this on this general region, but also when you put it in the framework of what's going on in the world, it's even more frightening because of, of China and, and United States kind of on this path where um, there is going to be some type of reckoning. Um, so 
yes, the over-reliance is, is, a, is a big problem and companies immediately, not, not you know, six months from now or a year yeah. from now, right now need to start evaluating other ways that they can, they can move away from, from China and, and not be so dependent on China. So, but do you not think this is perhaps a government issue to solve the distribution network, or do you think it is business that's going to have to drive this? You know, like well, the ports in the US. Do you think that's a sort of the government need to step in and sort some of this out, or not? What do you think? Well, nothing scares me more when when the government has to fix a problem, um, and and I say that you know with with a straight face um, because I'm smiling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and. But but I will say this: I think it's going. And look, I'm gonna you know, you know I'm, I'm going to give credit to the Biden administration that they're trying. You know, the, uh, when it comes to the ports, they 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 opened them up uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you know, the government is trying to do it, but we, we can't rely on the government and say the government's going to fix this problem. It has to be done in 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 different ways. It has to be the government, and it has to be the companies themselves, um, just just looking at alternatives. Um, and being more efficient. Um, but the government is going to have to get involved and, and they are getting involved and they're going to have to make things more efficient. They're going to have to invest in the ports, in the infrastructure, which uh, yeah. according to, you know, the recent uh, bill and, and some, some you know, budget reconciliations that we're reading about now, there is a significant in, investment uh, that is expected when it comes to streamlining and making more efficient these ports. So, so to answer your question directly, yes, I, I think the government is going to be involved and has to be involved, but it's certainly not something that is, it's, this is for the government to fix, because if that's the case, it just won't happen. No, I think that's, I think that is true. <laughs> that is true, right? With everybody's governments. I, don't I know, that's unfortunately. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So the, the drive's going to have to come from business, but I mean, what's going to, what's pushing them to do it at the moment? What are businesses experiencing on the ground floor? You know, what is happening in businesses at the moment as a result of all of this? So what well, are you seeing you, with your clients, for example? The business owners are, are pulling their hair out, um, and it's not. And, and there's two reasons. There's, it's it's not only the fact that it's costing so much. It's three reasons. It's costing so much, right? They don't have the product, and there's just no predictability. They can't predict when the product's coming in, and that is that is to 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 me who who worked in private practice as a CFO, COO, CRO. I, when you don't have the ability to predict. You're, you're left hanging. And, and that's the worst feeling of an entrepreneur, of a business owner. And I understand that all too well. And then when the product does come in, it costs much more than you thought, which you're going to have to then try to push that onto your customer. And also then you're, you're left not being able to fill orders because it's sitting in a container on a vessel, you know, in the, in the, in the middle of the, of, of the ocean. Um, and, and I know in particular, you know, uh, I have some, some, some very dear friends that are that are in the you know holiday uh, consumer product space, and it, it, it they were so concerned that they're leaving tens of millions of dollars out of their business, out of their business plan because they can't receive the product, um, okay. and and it's it's it, and that's really where you make your profits on a lot of these. Like when you when when, you, when all of a sudden you're 50 million below budget and you were going to make 6 7 million on that, that could have been your profit for the year. And it's not just happening in consumer products. It's ha it's happening 
in a variety of industries. It's happening in restaurants, apparel, computer components, plastics, fruits and vegetables. It's everywhere you see. And, you know, we saw this, at least, you know, people who are who are kind of in tune with the supply chain, we saw this a while ago and it's just starting to really make the press now. Um, and it is, it is, I believe, even scarier than what the pre- how the press is describing it, that it's really something that in the near term, there, there just is no solution. Um, and that's why while there's no solution in the near term, we have to look and say, okay, what do I do in every part of my business so that I can be more competitive? Then do you think this is going to have a long-term impact in the relationship of businesses with their customers? I do. Um, I, I think I think customers in the near and midterm are going to pay more for their everyday products. And as a result, it's it's dangerous because they could be buying less. Think about it. If you're, you're raising yeah. your price, but you're making less money because you don't have enough product in. So the customer... If something used to cost $18.99 and now all of a sudden it's costing $29.99, that customer may have bought two. They're only buying, they could potentially only be buying one now. And that customer is going to look at that brand or look at that retailer or look at that restaurant or look at that product or whatever and say, this is unbelievable. It's so expensive now. And, you know, it's kind of rare that when, Consumers are used to a certain price of a product and all of a sudden it goes down significantly right away. That doesn't happen often. No. Um, <laughs> Very rarely. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, as a result, you know, companies have to make sure that they are even more creative when it, when it comes to being connected with their customer. And if you're a retailer or a restaurant, that means with that person coming in, or if you're a manufacturer, wholesale and distributor, it means with your wholesale or, or, or retail accounts that you have to have communication with them and explain what's going on. Um, And also, this is very important. Um, You need to do a root canal of your business right now, of every part of your business, because you have to do everything you can to to lessen this cost rise that is occurring in supply chain. You have to look at your materials. You have to look at your marketing. You have to look at your overhead. You have to look at your payroll. You have to look at every part of your business and say, how can I be as lean as possible? And I'm not talking, you know, theoretical think tank, you know, great, you know, on a, on a piece of paper and in a memo and, and you're That's reading. So true. Yeah, <laughs> you but, end up but, with these strategies and these ideas sitting in filing cabinets or on your exactly. computer and they never go anywhere else. That's the thing. Rebecca, you hit so. it right on the And that's where I, when I was on the other, when I, before mm. I went to advisory and consulting and I was the CFO and COO and, and, you know, I want real time solutions. I want real-time analysis. I want real-time solutions so I could see the real-time results. And that's exact. And, and obviously, you know, Cone Resnick and, and, and our, you know, the, the, the Nexia international group of firms, we could help in that way because we have experts in a variety of industries and, and, and a variety of segments. And that's exactly what every CEO, CFO should be doing right now. Look at every part of their business and say, this supply chain problem is not going away anytime soon. So I need to make sure I'm laser focused and I have to make sure that I am razor sharp when it comes to every other part of my business so I can be as efficient as I can, efficient as I can and take care of my customers. 
because my customers are not going to be happy if I raise the prices so much. And with, and, and you know how they're going to pay us back? By not buying our product. And and every CEO out there needs to be thinking like this because it, it, this is yeah. this is something that is, is going to be around for a long time, Rebecca. So do you think there are going to be um, businesses that are really going to face a fallout as, as a result of this? Because they've had COVID, they're financially strained from that. You then get all the supply chain issues do you think there are people who are just going to fall by the wayside as a result of all this? There's there's no question in my mind, um, especially those that aren't going to act quickly and especially those that are already hanging. And this is a big problem. The fact that COVID, at least in the States here, COVID wrecked so many companies. And then you had the PPP loans and you had this, you know, the government really was trying to help and, and did a good job in many ways in, in, in you know, kind of keeping companies going. Um, but you know, that's kind of like, um, you know, a quick fix in many ways. And now it's like we have reality, you know, that PPP money went out and I'm sitting here and now I have this major supply chain issue. I have these inflationary pressures that are happening. So every aspect of Americans' lives and worldwide, you know, there's inflationary yeah. pressures where it's everything that I used to pay X for, I'm now paying X plus an additional 60% in some areas, sometimes 2x. And that means that they're going to not buy as much as they used to. It's just it's just yeah, a reality. And that's going to wreck these industries. It's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt restaurants. It's going to hurt discretionary spending. It's going to hurt uh, consumer products. I believe it's going to hurt a lot of industries that are dependent on this holiday. It's Christmas time here. And and I think it's going to bring a lot of companies to their knees, uh, which which is why they have to start looking now. You, you're so much better off doing your evaluation and having and having people help you in evaluating your business model and making sure that you are doing everything you can. Relook at every aspect of your business so that you don't need to have restructuring come in. That you're doing it before that necessity so that you can keep your company and you can save your company. And I think a lot of a lot of uh, CEOs right now are, 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 are they're making that determination now and saying, "Wow, this is this is a big problem that isn't going to going to go you know go away anytime soon." Yeah, no, absolutely. So, how long do you think this is all going to take to turn around? I mean, obviously, Christmas is a big issue for me, so I don't know yes. that I'm going to be able to get my turkey and everything else. I, well, need. But, <laughs> I mean, seriously, how how long do you think it's going to take before we see a real change and things starting to work better? I think, you know, in you know, nine months from now, we're, we're, I believe we're going to see some improvement. You know, it takes a while before any changes you make now before you're going to see some. But I don't I don't believe you're going to see any real improvement until uh, really noticeable improvement until uh, 23. Um, and it's just because there's such a backlog. And and even if and here's the thing, even if you do see some improvement in 23 or at the end of, of, of 2022, you're starting to see things kind of fall a little bit, right? Yeah. It still doesn't change the fact that it's costing a lot more. Inflation is out there. That's not coming back. You know, It's going to cost a lot more. And consumers are very sensitive right now when it comes to the cost, especially when they're looking at gasoline prices are up in some places, you know, 50 to 100 percent. 
Oh, um, yes. And, <laughs> she says from yeah, the UK. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that alone, that's a simple area that's just, you know, etched in people's minds. And also when they look at their gas bills, natural gas bills uh, in their homes, which are up 100 percent. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's just like, this is nat- only more like a therapy less- session now. <laughs> looking at my bills. And I know, I know. <laughs> it, it, everybody feels it, and and that's why I still think even if the supply chain thaws slightly in twenty three or enough that it's noticeable. Again, I think in the next you know nine months, it's you'll see some improvement. But where maybe it really can get you know noticeably better is is over a year from now. I believe that it still doesn't change the problem or it still doesn't help the problem, which is being overly reliant um, on a region that puts your company significantly at risk. You have to start looking for alternatives. Um, and if you don't, it's it's at your own peril. Um, yeah. and, and so even when the supply chain kind of you know, evens out a little bit, you should still be looking to, to make sure your, your business is protected, that if something like this happens again, you're never going to be in this situation again. That is such great advice. Thank you so much, Joe. That's been really interesting and very important, really helpful and practical as well. I'm sure everyone's enjoyed it hugely. So uh, the only thing I need to ask you about now is obviously football, because you being a fan, me being in the UK and, you know. So. <laughs> well, look, I, I have to say this, you know. I'm soccer, a, I'm a, soccer, I should say. <laughs> yeah, I know what you meant, because I'm also not only my American citizen, I'm also a citizen of the EU. I, I have my Italian citizenship. And, um, you know, I just have to say this last European championship was just something real special. Just because you beat us. <laughs> I'm sorry. For that. Job, you're in New York. So I, say. <laughs> I know I'm protected here. I would never say that if I was in the UK, which I'm a, I absolutely love the UK. I've traveled there many times. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, my daughter's even uh, played uh, in a tournament in uh, in Surrey. I think it was called. Oh Surrey. yeah, I used to live in Surrey. Yes. Yeah, and it was it, and and just the, the people and 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 the, the the beauty of the countryside. It was something real special. We uh, we absolutely enjoyed it. So. Um, but I had to rub it in a little bit because it was such a great, great yeah. win for the uh, okay. okay, maybe I shouldn't have brought it up after all. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, Joe. That's brilliant. <laughs> thank you so much, Rebecca. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by the Nexia Turnaround Restructuring and Insolvency Business Group. The group was formed to bring together financial, legal and operational expertise from across the Nexia network to support global clients and international business at times of operational challenges and financial distress. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers or any of the experts in the 45 firms in 36 countries across the world, then please click the link accompanying this podcast or visit the Nexia website. All views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. You're advised to seek professional advice if you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation.